So you're an inked man. I am. I've I've been marked. I have the black spot, as it were. The black spot. I'm not about to do a dance and spit on the floor. You're not about to be eaten by the Kraken. Well, Sea of Thieves would have other ideas. But yes, oh my I... God, you're still playing Sea of Thieves? I'm, I'm, yes. Uh-huh. Well, ever since Borderlands 3 and Gears 5 came out, I've been somewhat distant, but I have been playing Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves is fun if you're just doing it with your friends. Just for fun. There's nothing really to do in it, though. <laughs> yeah, that's why I stopped playing I it. I fought off a Kraken, and I fought a Megalodon. And that's really about it. Me and me, me, my friend, our friend, listener of the show, Ryan, we made various jokes about the Simpsons and the Aurora Borealis located in the entirety of the ship's kitchen. Aurora Borealis. Yeah, that 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 that's a specific meme, and that was that was hilarious for a good forty-five minutes. That took up a lot of our time. You say, Ryan, a listener of the show. I would I would argue only listener of the show. Well, we've got to future-proof these podcasts, Kyle, so that in a thousand years' time, when hundreds of people are listening to it, and this is like a time capsule, people don't feel so isolated. Did you know that if you count the test episodes, we've been doing this for over a year now? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't like time being selected like that. I like to just think, oh, we started this in the year 2019. We started this last week. Yeah, what even is a podcast? We started this whenever we felt like it. It's been a while since we last recorded. Something like a month and a half. Yeah, I think our last recording session was the 29th of the 7th. Yes, I think that's what our Skype vlog said. However, I'm going to keep the ball rolling and say, for a change, I'm the one that has lots of game stuff to talk about. Oh, do it. Right, do it. Right, okay, we're doing it. So, I, as the listener may or may not know, listener, Kyle's usually the game guy and I'm the I'm the movie TV guy, but I've been really full, fell back into games recently because I got um, the Game Pass Ultimate for Xbox One. You know, or just just Microsoft, I guess, because they want to do it across PC and stuff. And I was I isn't the PC one a separate charge though? I think no, the Game Pass Ultimate covers it all. So I found. I out. see. Okay. There, there's because there's like three. Not that it matters because you don't have a game PC. I don't have a game PC. That's true. But I've I'm playing Gears of War five. Well, I actually started playing Gears four. I had the, I have an interesting relationship with Gears. I played the first couple way back when, and I just kind of didn't hate them, didn't like them, just kind of played them and left them, never thought of them. And then Gears four was free for games with gold, not even Game Pass related, and I played it, and I really got hooked. And then I went on Gears 5 with Game Pass when that came out. I've been playing it on Gears 5 and having so much fun. They've got a Halo Reach pack in it, which is great, because Halo, obviously. They're doing a limited time Terminator pack as well, which I think ended a few days ago. So if you play now, you're too late. But forever and ever, I have access to a T-800 and Sarah Connor to promote Terminator Dark Fate, because marketing and video games. Did you get Dave Batista? And I did get Dave Batista, and there's a factoid about the Dave Batista skin. It is not a new character. It is a variant of the Marcus Phoenix character. Does it like change the voice lines, or is it Marcus Phoenix's voice with Dave Bautista's face? I think they changed it to be Dave Bautista's voice lines, but Dave Bautista is really happy about this, and he's apparently still lobbying for himself to get the role of Marcus Phoenix in a Gears of War film. Oh boy! Now, of course, the developers <laughs> have very little say in who they cast. 
but maybe the developers do want it to be Batista, so this can work as like a retroactive kind of this is the film variant of the Marcus Phoenix character, even though right now, because no such film exists, it just looks like I'm playing as Dave Batista instead of Marcus Phoenix. So I've been having a lot of fun with uh, that, and it's because I, I was never a big fan of its cover, you know, its cover shooting combat, where you have to duck and cover and move from cover point to cover point. But I mm-hmm. was just apparently full of shit because I've been really, really enjoying it, and its horde mode's quite fun. Uh, you were, that's how Mass Effect works. True, that is how Mass Effect works. I don't know why I didn't appreciate it in Gears, but was perfectly fine with it in Mass Effect. Huh, maybe there was something else to it then that I hadn't considered. But, I've been having a hoot on that. And then also, I've been playing the beta for called Cod of Duty Modern Warfare. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, Kyle. Uh, Call of Duty is Call of Duty. But the past few, sure. the past few Call of Duty games, as we know, have been signs sci-fi action shooters and the best direction the best direction and when i was playing the beta for this new one it did feel like i was playing mw3 mw2 there was very kind of panic on the streets of london you know um there was no no wall running no stim packs or whatever or double jumps it was just very run gun capture point Two shot dead, you know, it was almost like the, but it felt like the normal multiplayer was hardcore. I perished not hardcore. It only took them like six years to get back to the franchise people actually liked. I know, right? And I I think they changed the voice actor for Price, I'm not sure. Risky. I think they changed the voice actor for Price though after the first Modern Warfare also, so this is like the third change I think. Is it? Yeah, I think they changed him. Have Have you discovered if it's a prequel, sequel or reboot yet? I think it's a reboot. Okay, so, I, so it doesn't matter if they recast it. Yeah, it there. doesn't matter. This I don't think this is Modern Warfare 4. I think this is just Modern Warfare 1 remade. And it's retold. The missions can be different. You can have new characters that weren't in it before. But the thing is, I don't think Soap's in the game. I haven't heard any Scottish accents. In the first game, he plays Soap and he doesn't speak. So That's true. We didn't know he was true. Scottish until the second game. Well, maybe in Modern Warfare 2, 2, we'll find out that he's Scottish. Or maybe maybe you're playing as a woman. Cause, um, they, they released a campaign trailer recently for the game, and it, looks, it literally looks like a film. It's not just graphic-wise, because I think we're kind of past the time where graphic improvements are impressive. A bit, with, a bit like with upgrades on smartphones. They're not big leaps anymore, they're iterations. You get a camera that looks ugly. I'm sure we'll discuss yeah, that later. Yeah, yeah, stay tuned. But definitely in regards to the story and the, the way it's shot from the cutscene perspective, it looks very, very film-like. Um, the multiplayer was fun. I've I've done the, the sin of pre-ordering just the standard edition. Um, I didn't I didn't want to pay Nathan, 80 pounds no. for. I didn't I didn't want to pay eighty pounds for stuff that would just backdate into Black Ops Four, which I have no intention of ever buying. But that was you know I had to do it to play the beta, and I or did I have to do it to play the beta? Did they not release it for free afterwards? Maybe I get tricked into pre-ordering. <laughs> uh, who knows? But I already know that I would be buying it day one anyway. I happen to know that to be the reality, so I'm not affecting my purchase. And then the third the third game, Kyle, that I've been excited about, and I've got a feeling we can talk about this mutually, 
Civilization Six. Oh boy, that was announced just a few days before we were recording this. Yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, um, Sid Meier's Civilization series is, many many of you may or may not know, it's a civilization strategy type game where you have countries and empires and you have your territory and you all have city-states and you build out, have borders and stuff. But there was one problem that me and me and my illustrious co-host here, Kyle, had a problem with. We don't have PCs. On, yeah, it was, it was always on fucking PC. So Kyle and I had to wait. And then one day, back in the early days of Xbox One, maybe, or late 360, they decided to put the one version of the game, Civilization Revolution, with Napoleon on the front cover, they put it for free, and we were like, ah, oh, we'll, we'll download it, we'll download it for Games for Gold, and we'll try it, and we were hooked. We played a lot of it, and every, every once in a while we still kind of do, though how often that is, is reoccurring, we don't really have set schedules. We were supposed to do it this weekend, but that never happened. We were. Me and Ryan, me and Ryan played it, friend of the show, single <laughs> listener, and... Um, we uh, we we played it and then I I was absolutely exhausted from the week prior, so I I had a migraine and it was an awful game. We basically didn't speak much. It was horrendous. And then he won just by um, going to space. He took the tech victory for a change. No communism required. So this was a big development when they announced out of the blue that Civ Six was coming to console. The newest game in the series. It's, the new, it's a couple of years old, but every other... Civ 5, Civ 4, whatever... Anything before or after Revolution was not console. It was bizarre. I, I wondered why they ever put Revolution on console in the first place. I, I actually... A, I looked into this. Revolution was... Um, was it a spin-off? It's like a spin-off made for console gen- games. So did that ever have a PC release? I think it did, but it, it's not as like um, in-depth as the PC games. It's a yeah. bit simplified. Oh, it's defi- uh, definitely simplified. Um, so, I, I was always confused. As now, now I know the answer to it, but I was always confused. I was like, why, is, why was this like an experiment to see if there was a market for it? And then there just wasn't, so they released it and then quietly put it on the side. Now it's filmed a following, and we were stuck forever having to play that one game. But no, Civ 6 is coming to console, and I've pre-ordered the game, Kyle. It's installed already, waiting to go 22nd of November. You're just Mr. Pre-order, aren't you? Where are you getting all I, this I, money? When are you going to buy a fucking microphone? <laughs> Woohoo! Getting called out live on stream. Uh, no, so, let me get, get a mic. Um, I just, I've had an income, of, a flux of income recently, so I've been able to flutter. That's the phrase, Flutter. I'm still waiting for you to start your YouTube channel. Yeah, I'm still waiting for me to start my YouTube channel as well. I've been experimenting with photography recently, and the lighting and such. I want to educate myself so I can produce some quality content. Um, Photography is not going to help you make videos. Yeah, Yes, it will, Kyle, because then I know when I'm setting up a camera, I know when the lighting is shining on the subject of the camera. If they're being lit correctly. As far as I'm aware, photography and videography are very different talents. Well, Kyle, now it's going to be another six months. <laughs> Thanks, Kyle. See, what you Fresh really need to learn hands. is editing. That's the important oh, one. Oh, God, editing. I'm, getting, I'm also getting a new laptop. I found a very, very nice HP one. 17-inch screen, 4-gig RAM, terabyte hard drive. It was very nice, and I very much liked it. 
and it will just it'll hopefully help me get the work done. I was considering a PC, but I have no room in, in my current living space for a computer without my back being to my door, and I do not like that one bit. Um, so, what were we talking about? Uh, Civilization. Civ. Civ Revolutin. So it's coming to console. And I'm just very, very happy. I've pre-ordered it. Oh, you're calling me Mr. Pre-order. Yeah, well, I've got another game that I literally just bought moments before we started recording. Kyle, I'll tell you what that is in a minute. But Civ, when that comes out, ladies and gents, I'm gonna, I'm having a hell of a time. I've got Gears right now. Kyle has Borderlands 3, which I'm sure he'll, he'll have thoughts on that we'll get onto. <laughs> oh, boy, does he. Um, oh, yes. I have yet to abandon Fortnite, and it was Batman Day recently, so there's a bunch of Batman content in it right now. So seeing, like... Black Widow and Batman side by side is a very fun moment. So I've got that, and then when Call of Duty comes out, uh, 25th of October, and then I've got a month to play that until Civ comes out, and I'll be playing that. So I'm just game, game, game. There was an update for Battlefront 2 recently with the Republic Commandos and Felicia. I haven't had a chance to play it yet. Maybe you have, Kyle? No, I haven't. I finished it. So. You even no want to go back? No, I'll probably go back when they add the... Uh... The Rise of Skywalker content. Yes, that's probably a good shout. So right, I've been really gamed. I think our past few episodes we recorded, I really have kind of been gamed out. I've not had much to do. I've been quite repetitive in what games I've been playing, but now I'm, now I'm, still, I'm still on Fortnite. But apart from that, I'm absolutely buzzing for the games that are about to come in the future. However... You know what? It's crazy, Nathan. You're describing game season, which happens every year when all the games come out at the same time. But it doesn't happen for me. Yes, it does. You just don't buy them. No, that's what I mean. I don't buy them. That's why I don't partake in it, so it doesn't happen for me. I don't do that. But it's happening for me this year, Kyle. It's for the first time since, like, maybe 2015 it's happening for me. <laughs> um, And then the game, the mysterious game that I bought moments before recording today's episode. Have you ever heard of the indie game? It came out a few years ago. Firewatch. I have heard of it. I, I've been meaning to play it just, just for the old achievements, but uh, never got around to it. Why did you buy Firewatch, Nathan? Right, well, it was it was somewhat... I bought it for somewhat nostalgia purposes, Kyle. And it was because once upon a time, when the game was brand new, maybe it wasn't even fully out yet, a YouTuber who I much admired was given it for a Let's Play. His name was Markiplier. And I watched his Let's Play of it, and it was super kind of chill, fun game. Just just a little obscure YouTuber L- by the name of Markiplier. Y- name Markiplier. Uh, no one knew who he was back then. Well, that's a lie. But, um, no, he, um, he, I think he was significantly smaller than he is today anyway. And I think I watched through his Let's Play, and it was just really it was a soothing, chill game. And ever since then, uh, I wanted to play it. And every once in a while, I went and looked for it on the Xbox Store, and I think a year or so ago, I did see it was on the Xbox Store. But I was, I was, I was a poor student, and I thought, no way am I paying the price tag of this game for. Even even though it wasn't expensive, but I was just really cheap. Um, and then today, I thought, I will get it. I will finally play it. For some reason, today I've just been struck with this bolt of lightning to just buy, buy, buy. I bought a Call of Duty game. I bought a Civ game. or pre-ordered. And now I just bought this game outright, and I'm so excited to play it through. I haven't watched anything of it since that Let's Play all those years ago, so it's going to be just nice to re-experience this quiet, isolation game, peacefulness, with a mystery in it. I remember there was a mystery. 
I don't know if there was a murder in it, but there was definitely a mystery. Wow, Nathan, I never took you for a, a bullshit fake gamer walking sim guy. <gasps> Sorry, Kyle, I've been ex- hashtag exposed. Next you'll be on to lesbian walking sim. The classic. The classic lesbian walking sim. I mean, you might like it. But I, I, I've played it. It's fine. It's it's a game where you walk around a house. I'm, of course, referring to Gone Home, that game that once destroyed the internet because it's not a real game, apparently. I've heard of the, of the, of the in quotations, controversy, but I never took much interest in it, so I... A game's a game. You can have really walking sim. Walking walking sim sim so strange because there's more to it than just walking around. I know it's it's such a um, dismissive term. Yeah, but you know, those gamers they're known for their rationality. Known for the rationality. I mean, we see those gamers like we are not those gamers. We are gamers. I'm a be I I am beyond a mere mortal gamer. You are an immortal gamer. I'm an achievement hunter. You're an achievement hunter, trademark, TM. <laughs> <laughs> it feels so weird to say that now, because achievement hunter, the people aren't actually achievement hunters anymore. No, it's just a brand name. They just use the name. Yeah. So you, but you are, you are a true achievement hunter. I am. I'm probably going to reach um, 200,000 by the end of the oh, year. Geez, oh. oh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do a 200,000 gamer score special when that happens. It'll be a 10 second video of us just cheering with party poppers. No video, just full audio. You, you're going to fly all the way to Canada just for for the 10 seconds. Just for the 10 second audio in the party. Congratulations! But, I mean, that mean, if you want to get there, you could buy Firewatch. And I think, I, I think, I think the achievements are just, they kind of, they're the ones that are the, they're impossible to miss. They they pop up as you progress. There's no like this. This does bring up an issue which I've always had, which is um, do you remember way back when the Xbox One was announced? One of their selling points was that every game will ship with a thousand gamer score. Vaguely of the vaguely, I I couldn't give you any. Well, obviously I remember this because I'm the achievement guy, right? Yes, of course. So initially, I f- this was a great idea, but then it turns out that not every game is deserving of a thousand gamer score. Not every game can fit that. If you finish, if you can finish a game in like half an hour, then it should not be worth a thousand gamer score. That's like I I like to refer to it as gamer score inflation. Yes, and it's it's a real issue because if you don't participate in it, then you're just going to fall behind. Well, you know. Okay. But I would prefer back going back to the 360 model where arcade games were worth like 200 as opposed to 1,000. Right, well, I would have thought for your own selfish reasons you would quite enjoy having a... Th- it, it, it feels like cheating, though. Do you want me to give you the gamer score versus achievement breakdown for Firewatch? I'm looking at it right now. I'm assuming that each achievement's worth at least 100. Yes, there's 10 achievements, each worth 100 gamer score. Max is at 1,000. Yep. Um, so I, 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 I'm not, you know what's great? So that. finishing like 10 minutes of Firewatch is worth the same as beating Halo 3 on Legendary. <laughs> <laughs> that is a hell of a perspective. Okay, I get... Exactly, though, yeah, right? No, you're completely That's correct. why it feels like cheating. Completely correct. I, I, I mean, I... I I never honestly 
put too much thought into it, but you're com- you are completely correct. It does sound ridiculous that you could achieve so much of a gamer score boost for doing so little. I don't even know how long it takes you to complete Firewatch. I think Markiplier's Let's Play was in four parts, but he probably did that in one sitting and cut it up. Um, Most of these games you can beat in one sitting. I, a couple of them come up on Game Pass sometimes, so I play them yeah. like... Um, uh, what Remains of Edith Finch uh, and other ones like that. I've played them just because they were on Game Pass and you can usually beat them in like an hour or two. Some little small games on Game Pass I also think are quite appealing but then I think, oh, what if I don't like them and then I've, I've, just, I've started like one mission of a game that I don't like. You understand my struggle like, and, and yet you don't even collect achievements. I don't even collect... I... I I like collecting achievements when they pop up, but it's like a passive experience. Maybe sometimes on a Halo game I'll go out of my way. Like, I always like to complete every Halo game. I like to try and complete Legendary Solo. When I play a Halo game for the first time, I start on Legendary so that I... If I get to a really hard moment, I'm like, well, it can't get any harder than this, so I, I, it's like a mental block. Because imagine getting stuck in a mission in normal just because you're having a bad day and thinking, oh god, this is going to be awful in Legendary. I don't want that mental process. So I, I like to go out of my way and get some certain milestone achievements in certain games, but in a lot of games, I, I, like in maybe in a game like Borderlands or something, I'm not going to go out of my way to get some achievement that I don't have much of an attachment to the franchise. As opposed to me, who will play a game that I don't like just to get these achievements. That's ridiculous. <laughs> listen, listener, <laughs> listener, do you do this? Are you a Kyle or are you a Nathan? I've a hundred percented the brave video game. I've a hundred percented the cars to the video I game. I was just about to ask that. <laughs> Beat me by a second. I was like, what about cars too? <laughs> I mean, Look, those Disney games, they're not known for their challenge and they're not known for their fun, but they I, do give gamers score. I've a hundred percented every game you've done a video on. Oh. Uh, let me check. No, I haven't. I never finished um, Trials of the Blood Dragon. Mm. Listener, pressure him. Doesn't matter if you listen to this a hundred years from now. Make sure you pressure Kyle into finishing Trials. That, that was of the Blood a part Dragon. of the video. Remember, it's it's you have to beat every um, extreme track with zero faults. Oh yeah, you're not it, like there's no way I'm ever going to do that. Definitely, you're not going to achieve that. Speaking of not going to achieve that, let's talk about Borderlands 3. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, strap in. I've definitely buckled my seatbelt for this one. Well, here's the thing. I don't know I don't know how much I can talk about it because, I mean, are we getting into spoiler territory here? With For spoiler alert, I'm making a video about Borderlands 3. Kale's making a video of Borderlands 3, and I have not played Borderlands 3, so it'll be a very letting Kyle vent about his issues with the game. But given the fact you're about to do it in a video anyway, would you rather it be fresh to vent for the recording of the video or fresh to vent for the recording of the podcast? Or do you want to be as vague as possible and not do any spoilers? I I, I don't know. I should have thought of this beforehand. (laughs) We can cut it down. I, I mean, yes. I have all the power here, so... I, 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 there's things I like, and there's things that I very much dislike. On the topic of achievements, at least, the final achievement is broken and is unobtainable. 
Which is like a real fuck you to me personally. But even if you get it right now and you 100% the game, wouldn't it become not 100%ed when DLCs come out? Yes, it would, but I mean, I'm, I'm going to play the DLC, that's not in question. Or, well, well, given that season pass price, I'm going to go ahead and wait and see what the DLC is first. Yeah, you're... I, you know what, Kyle? I think you're kind of lying to yourself. You're, oh, see what it is first. You're, <laughs> the, the DLC could be... The DLC could be an avatar prop of one of the main characters showing the middle finger, and you would buy it. If it had achievements. If there was an achievement for the purchase. I don't know if I've seen a game do that yet. It, it seems like something one of those like jokey games would do was just include a DLC that does nothing but unlock an achievement for you. It's, there must be a game that's done that, right? It seems like a thing mobile games would do. It seems like a thing that, that Deadpool game would do. I think that borderlines in the point of Sinister, though. Like, I know, I know, De- I know. Deadpool's funny and jokey, but it's like they think that's meta, but it's also really grim. It's a very grim state of affairs that they're willing to do it. I think that might be the one time that I wouldn't complete it if it's just for an achievement and nothing else. You would get a. Uh, what if the achievement was for like a thousand gamer score? <laughs> it would be, of course. They're not going to make it one gamer score. On the three sixty, they would have. <laughs> oh boy. Still have that rounded out gamer score. Yeah, boy, living my true life. Does my gamer score end in a five or awkward number? It does, because you started um, Lego Pirates of the Caribbean and never finished it. I never finished it. Yeah, my gamer score is 49,796. I need to finish Lego Pirates, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sure you'll get around to that one day. We'll turn into a Let's Play. I'll record it for my YouTube channel. Anyway, back to Borderlands. Back to Borderlands. My main issue is with the story, which I'm very cautious to criticise because I'm acutely aware that there'll be a huge people amount of people like our friend of the show, Ryan, who will say that the story doesn't matter and that it doesn't need to be good. And I think that's bullshit, but it's very hard to justify that thought. I think Borderlands is very meta in a sense, but at the same time, it's got such a deep lore to it that even if once upon a time, it didn't really matter. I think after Borderlands 2, it probably did matter. These are the things that you've got to take into account. And if they're going to write a yeah. half-assed game just so they could have lots of fun game mechanics, I kind of think maybe they shouldn't. Here's the thing, right? There's an entire game in the Borderlands series, which is literally just the story. Tales from the Borderlands. Exactly. So it can't be that they don't care about the story. Yeah, they must care. I, 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 maybe their DLC will fix a lot of things. God, I mean, if if the DLC is what I mentioned to you in the chat before, just like a thing that fixes the story, I'd be up for that. I don't think that's what they're going to do, but I'd be up for What's it. What's your bet that some of their first bits of DLC are already completed and behind the paywall, and that's what's glitched? 100%. And that's what has glitched well, your final achievement? I don't think that's what glitched the final achievement. If, if it was, then I think they would have confirmed that by now. 
But there's so much is, like, association the... with paywalling already finished content, I don't think they would want to acknowledge they have done it. I mean, it's not so much paywalling already finished content because, like, DLC, I understand how DLC works. It's just the fact that, okay, the description of the achievement is finish all other achievements in Borderlands 3. And I've done that. And it's not unlocked yet. I wonder what the code is. There must be some coding behind that achievement that's like, oh, we have achievements that we're not willing to show you just yet. That would be very irritating. Because to me, maybe not to me, but to a lot of people outside the realm of super achievement people like me, the 1000G is the goal. And anything after that is like, oh, that's just bonus DLC, whatever. Because the 1000G, that's you've completed the base game. This is quite a common stance. So it's going to be annoying yes. to those people if they have to finish all the DLC to get that 1000G. Yeah, no, I, I don't know how much people care about achievements anymore. I, I feel like I might be the last person in the planet. Yeah, I mean, again, I think we've spoken about this in private before, that achievements are nice passive collections and I, I get I get a kick I get a little stimulant when I unlock an achievement I'm like oh what did I do that's pretty cool and the sound popping up on your screen is very satisfying I think they've got a nice audio clip for an achievement especially the diamond achievement though every achievement apparently is a diamond achievement because you so rarely get one that isn't but yeah I mean I maybe you are the last there's people like Ray previously of Achievement Hunter fame who's now a Twitch streamer I think um He's still an achievement hunter. I think he's got over a million gamer score or something. Yep. Yeah, like those. You are still there. Are like-minded people, Kyle? For you? Well, yeah. The, the website True Achievement still exists, yeah. which is a godsend to any achievement hunter. But I, I just wonder how much of a market you are. You know, I mean, I, I, I think you're serviceable enough to keep around because it's not like it's not like they monetize off achievements. Well, maybe they do. There's a lot of games you've played just for the achievements. Uh, but they're not losing anything by keeping achievements, and they're definitely not going to gain anything by removing them. Are you saying that I probably wouldn't have bought Bird Game Plus if it wasn't for the achievements? I think Cars 2 would be a sale down if it wasn't for the achievement. <laughs> hey, that was free with gold, okay. Oh, well, okay then. Car- Cars Cars 2 would be down a download then. Okay. I'm going to save my Borderlands 3 discussion for the video. I've already discussed it with you in private, so you already know my thoughts. Alrighty. Listener, he has louder thoughts than what he's expressed this evening. It's been quite tame, actually, in my opinion so far. So, I've got a feeling that you should definitely tune into his video, whether it's not up yet when you listen to this, or if it's up when you listen to this, seek it out. It'll be a fun time. It will not be up. By the time this goes out, that's for sure. Well, whenever you get the chance, listener, make sure you watch it. I'm Here's what I've done, it. though. Now that I've announced that I'm making it in a public platform, I've forced myself to finish it, hopefully. Yeah, now you've got no way out. You better complete it, Kyle. If you don't complete it, yeah. people with angry pitchforks will be there, sure there will be There will be a riot, yeah. There will be Ryan. There will be a riot. <laughs> the only listener that comes to your door. Anyway, I have been playing some other games, which I've enjoyed more. One of them was the recently surprise-released Plants vs. Zombies Battle from Neighborville. What did you think of it? It's pretty good. It's, they've made some changes. Some that I like, some that I don't like from the previous game. One of the main things they is changed it... is they've... Oh. Go on. What were you going to say? 
No, right, I was just going to say if it's, um, is it a full game, like as a sequel to the previous ones, or is it like a side game? No, it's a, it's a sequel to Garden Warfare 2. It's just not called Garden Warfare 3 for whatever reason. It's like a strange rebrand. Yeah. Anyway, so one, the main thing that they've changed, which I don't like, is they've removed subclasses. Mm-hmm. Which is an odd choice. So basically, you've got your basic pea shooter, and then you've got a fire pea shooter and an ice pea shooter and all that. Not in this game. They've completely removed that system. Well, that There's was only like the a basic pea shooter. Yes. Mm-hmm. That, that, that is a shame. I don't, Sometimes that's fun. I think maybe it was because it was too hard to balance. That would be my guess. But it does make the game feel noticeably smaller in variety. Yeah. No, I, I could understand that. It's like with Destiny. They have like their elemental effects on their weapons, but if you if you remove them, or even Borderlands, it can really limit how much you feel is in the game. The other changes, I don't know if I count this as a good or bad change, but they've ever so slightly changed the art style. Are you a fan Not of the Not enough change? that it feels like a different series, but enough that it looks different. I don't know if I'm a fan of it or not. It's just, it's very noticeable, especially in some of the ca- remodeled characters. Is, is, is it most of the same? Like, I, I haven't really, in any depth, played the Garden Warfare games. I've played Plants vs. Zombies. Is, is there, like, an ongoing story? No, not really. <laughs> it's mostly a multiplayer game, but this one has um, like these single-player hub world areas that you can explore. Which sounds like a bizarre concept, but if there's anything I've learned from the past game, it's the PopCap, the company that makes them, are surprisingly good at making open-world games. Like, they're How really surprising. good at hiding secrets on a map and oh, puzzles right, okay. and stuff like that. So I've, it's a, it's an interesting change to see, even though the writing is clearly made for babies, but yes, you know, a family what are you friendly. Gonna do? Yeah. yeah. Um, have they done anything scummy that you're not a fan of that you want to bitch about? I just remember something I want to bitch about, but I completely forgot to bitch about it. Um. Yes. So. In the, in the previous games, you would get all of your customization items and stuff from these sticker packs, which you could buy. Mm-hmm. And they're basically loot boxes, but when you got them, you got like five or six items. And you could get them within like one or two games. So you really didn't need to resort to um, buying money at all. In this game, not only are they more expensive, there's only one option, and you only get one item per spin. So it's it's much harder and less satisfying to collect um, customization items, which seems like it might be a way to encourage microtransactions. Very very, very possible. That's a, it's a growing industry, Kyle. G- games as a product is diminishing. Games as a service is on the rise. That's a depressing uh, note. What did you want to bitch about? Right. Okay. Here we go. We're ready. We're strapped in. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, there was there was a game mode once upon a time in Call of Duty that I was very fond of, and I liked it better than Zombies. That game mode was called Spec Ops or Special Ops, depending on your preference, and that was just a horde mode of AI soldiers coming at you, and you could just find a little position and fortify it. I think they were just cycled through from multiplayer maps. It wasn't like a custom map or anything, but it was just multiplayer maps. Just mission survive. 
Yeah, I don't know if there's any respawns on it. I really can't remember. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Clearly, you love this game. I, know, I, I did, but it's not been in a Call of Duty game. I think since Modern Warfare Three, and that was in two thousand and eleven. So it was really long ago. Almost ten years. Jesus. Ooh, don't like contextualizing in that time either. And uh, so I really enjoyed it, and it disappeared, and that was sad. Now it's coming back to Modern Warfare. I'm really excited. And then it was announced a f- couple of days ago that it is going to have a timed delay on all platforms apart from PlayStation 4. Kyle. Oh boy, the old PlayStation 4 timed exclusivity. It used to, used to be Xbox for the longest time and then Sony became a majority partner for Call of Duty or Activision. So they decided to preference PlayStation 4, which from a business point of view makes perfect sense. And I'm not, you know, I'm not a fan of really... If if it's not a, if it's not a console exclusive, both platforms just have both things. Um, but Kyle, just you can answer just with yes or no because I want to be the one to reveal it because I'm really greedy. Do you know how long that time exclusive is? Uh, normally, it would be about six months, maybe. Oh boy, out of the ballpark, one year. That's a long time for a game mode. It's, it's, it's an entire game mode, and it's just not if you play on PC, if you play on Xbox, if you, I don't know, you can't play on mobile, or, but if you were to, or Switch, or whatever, these, you just, sorry, you have the campaign, you have the basic multiplayer, and that's it, I think. They don't have zombies. Um, and the whole Spec Ops mode, just, just not for you, sorry. You want to play that? Get a PlayStation. Then, see, by the time it comes out, there's a big chance the next Call of Duty game will have already launched, and at the very least, at the very least, it'll definitely be on the, you know, the, it'll be on the horizon. I think that's very likely, yes. Yeah, so, th- there's no point. It's like either they're trying to future-proof this game so that when the next COD game comes out, gamers still have a reason to play The Last Incarnation, which, as far as I can tell, isn't how the Call of Duty life cycle works. No, it's not. A new game comes out and you f- immediately forget the last one ever existed. Um, so I'm qu- I'm really annoyed that people need to wait a fucking... Especially because I'm, we are Xbox gamers. And I, I already kind of know that I'm probably not going to buy the one after Modern Warfare anyway. I'm just, you know, unless unless it's like a Modern Warfare 2. You know, but that just won't be the case. Um, for the Nuclear Black Ops remake. But at that point, they're just starting to, you know, mine money by using the IP. But, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of... I'd never played Black Ops 3 or Black Ops 4. I checked out because the games looked ridiculous. But I'm just quite annoyed I need to wait a whole year to play a game mode that I quite liked. And in what they said in defence... You know, apparently even PlayStation fans aren't a fan of this, by the way, because apparently this new COD game is supposed to be cross-platform ready. And they're saying that if it is indeed a cross-platform title, what happens when we're trying to play Spec Ops at ungodly hours or whatever, and we can't get a lo- <laughs> can't get a game mode because just everybody on Xbox and PC can't fill up our lobbies because they're playing standard multiplayer, and we can't fill it on PlayStation alone because of whatever time zone it is. So apparently, no one's happy about this. And what they I think what. Someone who played plays a role in the game, whether they're p- part of Activision, the publisher, or their actual and active developer at Infinity Ward for the game, they said it's something I I read it's quite condescending actually, and they said um you know ca- they said calm down or whatever, uh, this isn't a quote as you can tell they said 
Spec Ops is only 1% of the game. And we didn't really think it's going to be that big of an issue to lock out 1% of the game when we would rather... We would rather the entire player base be playing 99% of the game than the entire player base just playing that 1% of the game. So we don't... That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So they think, oh, it's fine, this is just 1%. I don't know how an entire game mode, when there's only three that I can think of, campaign, multiplayer, and spec ops, how can one game mode be 1% of the game? It seems like that's one third of the game. You know... <laughs> Um, so they just were, they were just like, yeah, most players are not going to be playing Spec Ops anyway. It's only a tiny part of the game. Why are you freaking out? From my perspective, unless Spec Ops is nothing like the Spec Ops of the old days, it seems like a pretty fucking big deal, and they're just, nah, <laughs> PlayStation only. <laughs> and the PlayStation fans aren't happy about it either, so why are you doing it? <sighs> it does seem remarkably silly. Remarkably silly. Stupendous. Tremendous! What are you doing, Infinity Ward? Or Activision? Probably Activision. Filthy whore. Probably Activision. I was I was so excited for this new Call of Duty game. As such by the fact that I have the fucker pre-ordered. <laughs> it's never too late to cancel a pre-order. never too late to cancel a pre-order. In fact, I might do it because I've been really worked up having to audibly express it and I hadn't done so yet. So this is like a first-hand account. <laughs> and I don't need to save this in for no YouTube videos. I can do it here. Um, and it's, it's just sheerly ridiculous because I'm really excited for this Call of Duty game. It looks really fun. You're back to your basics. You're back to what I liked when I wasn't playing Halo or Assassin's Creed. Boots on the ground Call of Duty. And now they're fucking me over, man. Why Why? Why you got... Oh boy, Halo. Remember that franchise? Yeah, I remember Halo. There was some Halo news that came out the other day about... Um, not Infinite, but there was a Ringworld experience they released and they had a lot of assets in oh, it. Ah, who cares? Might get put into Infinite. I'm excited for Halo Infinite still, but not angry with them right now because I'm just waiting for them to release their game. They haven't done anything to anger me yet. Call Activision have actively pissed me off right now as a consumer. I'm pay- I'm still paying the same you fucking doing price. That with, Des- with the Destiny pre-order or uh, PS3 exclusives. PS4, whatever. They had like Destiny had exclusive stuff, Des- right? Destiny did on PlayStation, but it it wasn't a game type. It was a map that was a year block. Wasn't it like some strikes as well? Were PlayStation exclusive? It was one strike per DLC. But I say that as just as one map. That's essential it was. Because a lot of the time you're going to the same planet and you're running through the same parts of the same world that everyone else is running through. And it just comes to boss fights that you're locked out that everyone else can't access. I, honestly, I never really minded the Destiny stuff because, that, in my opinion, Destiny had quite a lot of content in it anyway, per per planet, anyway. That you weren't, you never felt like, oh, I, why can't I go into that bit over there? I, to this day, right now, I probably couldn't tell you what parts were console up because you never felt like you were being missing out on something. But I know for a fact that I'm going to feel like I'm missing out on something. Who cares about one strike or one DLC map? A map is very different than an entire game mode. If Destiny. Just strikes were locked out. You know, imagine you couldn't play strikes on Destiny on Xbox or PC because it's PlayStation had it locked for a year. That would be bad. I didn't really care about just having one. Like if, if they had special custom maps for Spec Ops for this new Call of Duty game and they gave PlayStation a map locked out for a year, I'd probably be fine. I mean, fine, I'd rather them not do it, but I'm not going to be annoyed. I'm just going to kind of accept it and get on with it. You're just, that's the business. That, yeah, that's the business, whatever. 
I'm actively annoyed that they've decided that this is a prudent course of action. This is an entire game mode. And let and here's the thing, I could be really getting annoyed and I find out that this Spec Ops is nothing like Spec Ops of old and it actually is 1% of the game because it's like, remember there was the training game mode from old from Modern Warfare 2, I think? See, when I think of um, Spec Ops, I think of Modern Warfare 2 when it was like a bunch of mini-missions yeah, with lots of... that sort of took place in different campaign levels. Yeah, I remember there was that one where it was almost like a boot camp. Mm-hmm. If it's only the boot camp... I guess I could. I'm still not happy with it, but I can live with it. But if it's the horde mode type thing from Modern Warfare Three, which was Spec Ops, I kind of assume if it's console exclusive, then it's something like tangible that you would want to do more than once. Yeah, because you never really done the bootcamp stuff more than once, did you? Exactly. So it's absolutely ridiculous if if they if they're locking out an, an entire horde mode. It's weird characterizing Call of Duty as having a horde mode that isn't zombies, but. That's essential what it is, and I really hope they get their head in gear and acknowledge they made a mistake, because not a lot of people are happy about this at all. Except the people that just like to sit and watch the world burn. Well, the games industry is, is it's really known for its fun, consumer-friendly attitudes. <laughs> yep, no, we, we need another crash, we need another video game market crash, Kyle, for just them to get their heads in gears. It's like the Reaper cleanse. Uh, I'm going to be buying Nintendo Switch Lite at Christmas. Are you really? Yeah. I'm... I've been thinking about getting a Nintendo Switch for years now, but I've never had the... Uh, the. I've always thought about it and thought, thought oh, there's only like one or two games that I actually want to play. Yeah, so uh, I've, I've always thought the Switch is very inventive, unlike things like the Wii U or whatever. I've always thought the Switch is a very inventive and ingenious design with the you know, removable plug-and-play controllers and... You can have one controller to your friend, you can play two games, you know, automatically you've got two controllers out of nowhere. But very, very smart, but I never bought it because game limited, I was limited in what games I'd be interested in. And also, I didn't, the same thing I like about it with the plug and play controllers, I also thought made it look really blocky and kind of fragile, for lack of a better word. I mean, it's tiny compared to like an Xbox One though. Yeah, well, at least I had, I was never going to be taking that anywhere. I would take a Switch on the move. Mm-hmm. So I, I just kind of was a bit distant, but I have friends that own them and they enjoy them, and I thought, eh, maybe if they had like one that was a solid unit that I would probably enjoy. And then it's like I was like, this is exactly what I always wanted from the Switch. You can't share your controllers, so a selfish kid like me doesn't. So when somebody says, "Hey, can I play?" Sorry, this isn't a Switch. This is a Switch Lite. You can't borrow one half of my console, essentially. Um, and it looks it looks more sleek. Because it is one piece, the controllers don't slide out, so they don't have these big ugly, you know, canyons in each side of it where the controls are supposed to slide on and off. It doesn't connect to your mm-hmm. TV, but I would never use the Switch for that anyway, because I have my Xbox for TV gaming. And I, I get the people who I um who already who I know who already own them, I can play with them on it because they are they've got games set up and already ready to go, so I can buy their games like Mario Kart, Mario Bros, and Splatoon. I'm going to guess some, some Zelda, some Breath of the Wild. You know what, I actually might. I, I'm, I'm not a big Legend of Zelda fan, but that's just mainly because I've never been in the market where it was available to me. I could totally play it and absolutely fall in love with it. I could even get back into Pokemon. I've not really played Pokemon since before the year 2008. 
I've never been much of a handheld game person. I've got some games on my phone. I played the Ace Attorney series on my phone. That's about it. Yeah. But, um, especially with them, um, options have started opening up for, you know, travelling and such. And instead of playing games on my phone, I thought, maybe it would be fun to have a Nintendo Switch. For journeys and such, I was in London recently. Um, and that was a long-ass ride. Um, the topics come up to go on holiday, maybe, in the next couple of years with friends who also own Switches. They were like, well, we could play on the plane and stuff. I was like, that wouldn't be an awful idea either. And I think it's also quite cheap. That The ch- price point is a big thing. I think that the Switch Lite is 199 British pounds. So £200. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have called that cheap. I consider it cheap. And it's, it's I think I think a Switch is like 280 or something. So it's, it's significant, significantly cheaper in my mind. And it's just going to be nice and compact. And it's just in my head the idea of the shape of the console. The... You know, the, the games that are available to me, the use I would have it for, I'd take it out and about if I'm going about the city, living my life and public transport and stuff, instead of just listening to podcasts. Though I could do both. So I'm going I'm to be getting a Switch, Kyle. Um, uh, yeah, another purchase you're going to be making before a microphone. I have I have multiple microphones on my, um, on my bookmark, not bookmark, um, you know, my... Amazon kind your, of your wish list. Yes, that that's the that's the word. But I have tons of self conscious problems with it being like this is a this is an this is quite a sizable investment and what happens if it doesn't hook up to the laptop or it doesn't work? And I sit here thinking I've just spent money on something that I just can't use. And I've just I've seen... get a USB microphone, a blue snowball. That's all you need. It's fine. Paranoid. Regardless, 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 pretend I wasn't paranoid at all for a second here. I'm waiting until I get my new laptop through anyway because then I can actually set it all in one. And I'm pretty sure some of the ones I've looked at have Prime Delivery, so I can get it the very next day. Here, look, do you you think my audio and my video sounds bad? They don't sound bad, but I also think that's because your vi- visual quality is to a certain standard, that I'm not just hearing your voice. I do I do think that maybe if it was just a full audio format, I would think, huh, it could be better. Do you think the podcast sounds bad then? Yes. Oh, and he doesn't answer. No, right, yes, I said <laughs> that yes. That silence. No, I said yes, but um, I think it sounds bad. But you don't sound awful because you're being contrasted on me. <laughs> so when you get a better microphone, I'll be the one that sounds bad then. Well, that well, that will be how it works. If I get a better thing than you, then you become the inferior one. Right now, I'm the inferior one. That would just be a matter of one potato, two potato, winding up one another until we both get supreme mics. I don't know. I'm really not much of an audio snob. If it doesn't sound like shit, then it's fine to me as long as it doesn't sound like like an awful microphone from the 80s i don't i don't know about that i would i would love to get an 80s microphone and use that and just hold it up to my face all wired up and stuff like i'm a stage performer like i'm a stand-up comic like i'm eddie murphy running around the stage with an 80s microphone 
Cut that entire bit, Kale. That was awful. <laughs> I was just making that note in my head. That whole bit's getting cut. That whole bit's getting cut. <laughs> D23. It was a thing that happened. Thing, once upon a time, uh, they announced more things. Oh, I, Disney, once upon a time. See what you did there. <laughs> Snappity snap snap. Good night, ladies and a gentlemen. A long time ago, in a country far, a, far a away. In centre far, far away. Um, ladies and gentlemen, so D23 happened. And they announced a lot of content. That was also the first place people could pre-order their subscriptions to Disney+. Plus. Oh yeah, Disney's going to murder Netflix. I think Isn't that Netflix fun? will still be on top for maybe the next two years. From the point that Disney Plus releases two years after that, they'll probably still be number one. But in 25 years, I think when someone talks about Netflix, it will be in the past tense. Yeah, I, I don't think Netflix is long for this world. Um, it's in debt. I saw it's, uh, too much. They announced the other day on Twitter, like in the year twenty twenty one, Seinfeld is going to be on Netflix. And obviously, the joke was, but Netflix won't be alive in twenty twenty one. Yeah, they got Seinfeld, I think, because they're losing Friends and they're losing The Office. I don't even know if we've got The Office here. It's weird though, because a lot of this is very US focused. Because a lot of you know businesses have streaming sites in the US, but all these places that have streaming sites in the US outsource it abroad. So Star Trek mm-hmm. Discoveries and CBS All Access come to the UK. It's on Netflix. So Netflix, I feel it only is suffering in nations where countries can't outsource, you know, or businesses can't outsource. Because when they come to overseas, they just dump it on Netflix anyway. So Netflix are clearly profiting from these people that are not putting their stuff on Netflix in other markets. I never considered that because all of the news sources have been like, there's too many competing source streaming sources, but they've all been US based. Yeah, like yes, there is a lot of or Canada based because we have all of those as well. There's a lot of streaming sources out there and competing networks. When you're especially from someone in the UK's point of view, I feel like I'm getting a fucking bargain. There's so much different stuff that, like you know, the uh, uh, Titans, the DC show that was in the DC streaming service. That was on DC streaming service in the US. Star Trek Discovery is on the CBS All Access streaming service in the US. Both of them just get put on Netflix here, so I can watch them both on the same streaming service. I should really be using a VPN, Jesus. Yeah, all these different sh- all all these different shows. Oh, just on Netflix. Everyone's like, oh, I need to pay for this. I need to pay for this. I one. I actually do pay for Amazon Prime and Now TV in the UK, and I pay for Netflix. So I, I'm still paying for multiple different... Like, I still need to go on Amazon Prime to watch The Boys, for instance. Um, but I'm, most stuff is still coming to Netflix here. So, And you know what the tragic thing is, Kyle? At the end of the day, I still think that Netflix isn't long for this world because the buying power in America is so strong that it doesn't matter if they're still being very popular overseas. They're still in debt anyway. Yeah. They're all even including the US subscription figures, they're still not making money. You know, there is like a part of me that that's that kind of wishes the Disney Plus is like a big failure just so that it doesn't happen. Yeah. And I know that Disney is not they're not allowing for other like how other streaming services 
they just, you know, everybody dumps stuff on Netflix overseas. I was just discussing Star Trek and whatnot. Well, so do they at the moment. So do they at the moment, but they're not going to do that with Disney Plus because um, they're taking everything slowly but surely off Netflix. And currently, I can't subscribe to Disney Plus here. Though I would have if I could because it's very cheap. But right now, it says on their website because they already have the British registry registered, like it's official. And it's like, oh, sorry, mm-hmm. you can't currently subscribe in this market in the UK, and then it's like, but type in your email here to get first notice of when you can, right, and I did, because I'm a shill, um, <laughs> so I'm gonna still subscribe, but they're not gonna do This is the issue, right, doing. because even if I disagree with with, with Disney r- ruling everything, I still want to watch the things. <laughs> I still want to watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier. People go with, you know, monopolies, and monopolies typically, as a rule of thumb, are bad. But see if the person who is a monopoly is not using their power menacingly. You're kind of like, it's a big risk that they might use it menacingly, but for the time that they're not using it menacingly, it's a hell of a bargain. I don't know. I don't know if I would agree that Disney isn't doing things menacingly. I think to other businesses they're doing stuff menacingly. Like, we can get into the Spider-Man MCU stuff in a bit. But oh, um, I think for a consumer, I mean, Disney Plus is absurdly cheap. And then... Yes, it is. It's kind of the point. Yeah, but considering the content, I mean, it's amazing. They're probably going to ra- ratchet that up over the next three years. You know, slowly but surely make it more expensive. And then before you know it, you've been a lobster in a pot and you're just burned to death. <laughs> um, like, yeah, I remember when it was only £6. Oh, how much are you paying now? 30 Ah, it's fine. It was incremental. And then that was the big upset with when Apple released their streaming service and it was cheaper than Disney+. Plus. And people... I think the Apple streaming service is fucked. Can I just say that now? I don't think it's ever going to take off. Yeah, no, I think it's going to... Because Apple TV's been a thing for a while. But I think that was just like a storefront, like the Google Play Store, where you yeah, could I think it is. get Netflix and stuff. So... I think it'll probably be fine. Like, I know they just, it was iTunes, they just shut down. Because Apple Music and Apple TV and all that are still a thing, but I think they shut down the I- iTunes. Did they? It's still on my phone. Oh, I, so. I, I know, I'm not... I, I, I'm using, maybe I'm using the wrong word and I'm, I'm stuttering here. I've, I've tripped over my own shoelaces. But they shut something down recently that was no longer profitable for them and it was an Apple, Apple thing. It was a thing that people were very sad about it. But even though they were kind of keeping everything else open, like Apple Music was still a thing, the place we can buy, you know, and I've still got iTunes on my laptop as well, and it still is up to date, but they shut something down. They shut something Apple-related down that it was a storefront for consumers, and I can't remember what it was. Was it iPods? They're no longer selling iPods? They shut... iPods went off the market years ago. (laughs) God, iPods. Um... Anyone who listens to this at some point will probably be like, I don't know, this, you know. Um, what's, an, what's an iPod? <laughs> well, what's an iPod? Yeah, I, I only have my 3D Google Glass. I, I just think Apple streaming service will probably be okay, but it won't be the market. You know, it won't be the, the market. Well, here's the thing. You showed me that trailer for... Um, the Jason Momoa. The, their launch show, the Jason Momoa the show, show, and I think that show... Looks ridiculous. Looks stupid. Ironically. And it, and they're supposedly spending like half a million dollars on it or something. Yeah, it looks like they, they spent a lot of money on that show and I just don't understand the premise. I mean, I understand the premise, it's just the premise is stupid. 
I know. I say I'm saying I don't understand the premise. I'm being flippant with that. I I literally get the the story they're trying to lay out in the trailer, but I don't understand why they deemed that a story worth telling. For that price as well, it's like the kind of show that you would put on space at like yeah. two in the afternoon. I would pay YouTube Premium for that show. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch that. I would watch that right after the Jake Paul series. It's, You're so right. It's a YouTube premium show. It's a YouTube premium show, and I'm I'm perplexed. That, I mean, Jason Momoa's a big name right now, um, and he's a pretty, he's a very cool guy. At least from what I've witnessed of him, I've never met him, uh, but he looks like a very cool guy and probably very funny, and maybe that's why they're putting so much faith in it because everyone thinks Jason Moore's a cool dude but they've really forgot if maybe the thing that he's been put to lead is worthy of him like maybe he's not big enough in terms of acting talent well it's it's very clear that by putting men there they're like this is sort of like Game of Thrones yeah a lot of streaming services they're not just streaming services TV networks they're trying to find the next Game of Thrones everyone is scrambling for it the Witcher, like everyone thought it was going to be a Henry Cavill-led show, but then the trailer came out, it was very much a medieval ensemble piece. Sort of like Game of sort Thrones. Sort of like Game of Amazon Thrones. Amazon is, Amazon's making a Hobbit TV show. Lord of the Rings. And they think, well, the Rings we've show. already got the benefit of having the brand name, and we just need to make it gritty. Gandalf will be there. Gandalf can slay a dragon. Gandalf fucks now. <laughs> Remember Game of Thrones? Um, it's, it's, sometimes it's a bit obvious and it's quite sad. I'm like, oh, that's just that's a shame. Game of Thrones was a good show, and now you're just you're really trying to one up it. <laughs> it's like shows like that aren't like I think the the show that was Game of Thrones before Game of Thrones was Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. And there was a period of time where there wasn't the, in terms of popularity. Cause it, Game of Thrones was on whilst Breaking Bad was on, right? Yes, yes. I think so. The first few seasons yeah. overlap the last few seasons. Yeah, there, there was there was a crossover for a good few years. And it was it was kind of like when Game of Game of Thrones never quite blew up until maybe season five or something. Even if it was huge beforehand, but it wasn't the pop culture thing it was until maybe Jon Snow got Season started. four, probably, with uh, the Red Wedding. Yeah, the Red Wedding. Oh, you're tr- correct. So I, I typically think that Breaking Bad was Game of Thrones before Game of Thrones. It was Game of Thrones. And I don't think there's currently any show on market right now that is that is the next big thing before people realise it's going to be the next big thing. And I guess that's in it of itself where I don't know it's going to be the next big thing yet. So it could be there and I, nobody knows it, including me. I just don't see it. I know what you mean, though. There doesn't seem like a show that's yeah. going to be the uber... Everyone watches this show. Yeah, if you don't like watch wa- it, you're crazy. Yeah, like The Walking Dead is still on, but that's... You know, it's, that's a cho- that's that is a choppy see. Lots of people watch it and lots of people don't watch it, and it's been a slow decline. It's still getting its movies that are coming out apparently. Um, so I'm waiting. There's a Breaking Bad movie coming out. Speaking of Breaking Bad, and I I don't know. A lot of them seem quite. There's that Templar show that Mark Hamill's in. Um, I, uh, make new here's stuff. The, here's the the thing that they never seem to learn is. 
But you won't get something as successful by copying it. You need to do something different. Yeah, Game of Thrones wasn't copying another TV show. It found an original piece of content in the books and then it based itself right. off that. It wasn't trying to be Lord of the Rings. It was, we're going to be the next Lord of the Rings. That probably wasn't what they were thinking. Ideally, the next big show has to be something completely different, like a sci-fi show or something like that. Star Trek you know? Picard! <laughs> Did you see, I think it was um, Patrick Stewart said, uh, it's going to be surprising or shocking for, for uh, Star Trek fans, and I'm like, oh god, what the what does that mean? Yeah, yeah he did. Say that, that doesn't sound. That sounds like a threat. I, I take that in solace as <laughs> um, he probably is thinking that it's going to be a shock to exclusive fans of the Next Generation and Star Trek Discovery. Like, or or may, no, sorry, scratch that. He might actually either he's meaning it to fans of TNG that haven't watched Discovery yet. Or he's meaning it to fans of Discovery that have never watched any other Star Trek. So he's like, if you're a fan of Discovery, you're going to be shocked at just how good this is. And if you're a fan of TNG, <laughs> and if you're if you're a fan of TNG, you're going to be like, you're going to be shocked just how bad this is. Oh, God. So I mean, I'm sorry, I can't I can't not do low blows at Star Trek Discovery. Um, no, it's fine. I encourage it. <laughs> encourage it. We we stand. Offending Star Trek Discovery as a television show, um, but I, I don't know. Patrick Stewart is a lovely gentleman. He, he's, I'm like I always I've said this before. I always thought that that era was over, and I thought if they ever would bring it back, the last person you would get back is Patrick Stewart. So for him to be the first person you get back completely blew my expectations out of the water, and I I hope that he knows what he's doing, because I I, I you know. He, I just I, I've been rewatching TNG recently, especially season four. And it's some great television. Just, you know when he says it's going to shock people. If, if it's anything like Discovery, I'm not going to be surprised. I'll be more surprised if it is like Old Trek. And then I think he thinks that it's not like Old Trek. It's probably going to be like Discovery, and then I'm not going to be shocked. So I don't know really what he means by that statement. I still I I know we discussed this before, so I don't want to focus too much on it. I still think it's crazy that they don't just make a new show set after Voyager. Like just just do it. They, they will do Why it. Why are you just doing that? They will do it eventually. Will they though? Because they're so obsessed with nostalgia. Technically, Discovery set after Voyager now. <laughs> you got me there. Got you there. You got me there. It'll only be for one season, or maybe like the the the, fir- the first episode's a two part, and they go back. Could you, could you imagine that? Uh, it's too, the end of the, I can't imagine that. Like, I can imagine that very well. It's like, oh, well, we finally yeah. fixed the timeline by sending them into the future. Oh no, it was only for two parts, and they're back now, and the timeline's still fucked. Yeah, they're fine. <laughs> However, if they came back to the past and everything just looked sixties, oh, oh, they won't do it. hundred percent, they won't do it. But oh, it was so nice. Because I've been watching DS Nine. Um, whilst you've been playing video games, uh, I, I've shot ahead of you in your rewatch, but they yes, they, they have do they have do they do do episodes where they they have twenty third century tech and whatnot in it, and it's it, like it's just great. This shit doesn't look bad at all. Um, speaking of Deep Space Nine, I should probably express my sadness at the death of a Star Trek Deep Space Nine actor, Aaron Eisenberg, who played Nog the Ferengi. It's very, 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 very sad for um, 
lots of fans of the show especially because it was very unexpected and recently after having watched the Star Trek Deep Space Nine documentary What We Left Behind and seeing how passionate he was about the show because he, he really went in on the interviews I think he, he broke down in tears speaking about the show at one point it's very eye-opening to see how much he was in love with the community and to see him pass away was very, very sad for everyone. Meanwhile, I saw articles that Will Wheaton was watching DS9 for the first time because of this. Because, yes, I, I, re- I read that as well. He posted it on his website. I, at first I read it and I thought, that's clickbait, I'm not going to read that. And I went and checked his Twitter and he hadn't said it on Twitter. So I was like, well, he, he never said it because I, I just assumed that it was going to be from Twitter. And he apparently he wrote it on a blog on his website. I was like, if you if you if you were his friend, I would have thought over. It's been like twenty five years. You would have at least once watched a bit of his his work, you know. Apparently not. I'm very happy. Will Wheaton. I'm very happy. Will Wheaton's watching Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. It's a great show. Um, you know what a pet peeve of mine is? Every single article that refers to him as the Big Bang Theory's Will Wheaton. It's like, ugh, why? He's only on the Big Bang Theory because he was in Star Trek. Did they say that? Yes, I've seen many articles refer to him as the Big Bang Theory's Will Wheaton. Good God, that is horrendous. I wonder if the Big Bang Theory, not the Big Bang Theory, who does the Big Bang Theory? CBS! Ah, shit! I was going to make a joke about it, I was wondering if they are going to come out with their own streaming service. They've already got one! <laughs> I had to bring it back around somehow, but they've already got one, ladies and gentlemen. I can't wait for CBS All Access UK edition. And then they take Star Trek from Netflix and I need to pay everything separately. That was the convenience thing about Netflix. Netflix was the place where everything was together and you could make a killing. But now all the streaming services are just becoming like the old TV packages from 10 years ago, 15 years ago, where you had to pay for all your, your Sky Sports, your BT Sports, or whatever it was. You know, you paid for your your kit, your cartoon kids channels, and you paid for your movie channels. And they were separate packages. You're kind of right, honestly. I mean, how long until they start selling like bundle packages of different streaming services? Well, is that was what Disney Plus was going to have, right? There was going to have like a package for Disney Plus where you got like ESPN and stuff in it. <sighs> they, <we're, sighs> they're just making a TV again. That's not what I want. They're, they're I just want it all TV in one place for one price. Except you stream it over the internet, and I guess it is all the one place. Like it's not like you like with TV and movies and stuff. You had to wait for it to be on at a certain time, but you were paying for the channels that allowed you to watch it when it did come on. Whereas now you. I can mean, watch okay, it yes, like. it's obviously still better than original yeah, TV. But the prices but... are jacked back up to TV prices. That yeah. was the niche about it being on the internet. It was cheaper. Sometimes the content was better. But everyone kind of knew, and I think there's a bunch of YouTubers definitely latched onto that early these websites they want to be television the, the medium of television just works better, that's why things like Disney and such well it makes more money you know, uh-huh. business wise it's better, for consumers it's a wee bit more infuriating but it also has longevity, Like we don't think Netflix is long for this world but that might not just be because of competition also their business model kind of is like oh, I can subscribe for a month and watch the entire show they drop all at once and I can leave if they do a week-on-week drop, I need to stay subscribed for longer. So, yes, they get more money, but also kind of future-proofs their business a little bit. So, it's just... I hope we get a new a new cheap streaming service in the near future. Everyone's going to be going to Crunchyroll. I mean, Crunchyroll has its niche. I don't think it's going anywhere. They're going to start having Star Trek anime on Crunchyroll. I'd watch it. 
I, I, I too. I'd watch a Star Trek anime. Well, you've got the Rick and Morty Star Trek series on the horizon. You, you mean I shouldn't watch the Star Trek animated series? Oh, yeah, you shouldn't watch Star Trek the animated series, Kyle. Too late. So I've been playing a different game series. What have you been playing, Kyle? I I recently, for the first time, which I've been meaning to do for years, played through the Dragon Age series. Ah, the Dragon Age series. Yes, I've been seeing you play it. What what, what is your thoughts? Well, as I'm sure you know, it's the fantasy series by Bioware, Mm -hmm. makers of Mass Effect. Yes. And... I mean, it's good. I, I, as I expected it to be. Gameplay is definitely not as good as Mass Effect, but that might just be because I prefer shooters to fantasy. Uh, yeah, I typically prefer shooters as well. No, if they if they're intertwined, they can be quite good. Destiny's gameplay was quite solid, I thought. <laughs> gameplay specifically. So yeah, it's it's been a, a fun. New slash old experience, because they're very old. Well, yeah, the most recent one came out in 2014, so they are pretty old. Are they old. Game Pass? No, I bought them. Okay, that's well, more interesting. I got, I'm actually surprised you bought them. I got the second one, Games with Gold, and I was originally just going to play that, and then I looked it up and everyone said, no, you need to play the first one first, are they, because are they, it's better. Are they definitely a double feature? No, the main thing I saw was that the first game is much better than the second one, so that I should play that one. Oh right, so they just said you, should, you shouldn't bother playing the second one, you should just play the first? Kind of, yeah, so I bought it, it's 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 like 2009 it came out, so it was only like $50. Yeah. And I played through it, and it was great, and I played through it again, because it was great. Was it, was it really good? Here's the thing. Gameplay-wise, yeah. it's awful. It's worse than Mass Effect 1 gameplay-wise. I always imagine it being like, like you know, Dark Souls, something like that. I, I don't even know how to explain it, right? Because it's... You hit you, you you look at an enemy, and you press A, and you, ta- you attack automatically. And you can use some abilities. And that's combat. Not fluid at all. No, it's clunky as hell, and it's boring. Right, okay, but you still played it anyway, because it's great. But the story is fantastic. I don't know if... That's a tough one. Is it better than Mass Effect? Are you going to say that, Kel? Are you going to commit that? Here's the thing. Mass Effect, as a series, tells a better story because it's all... You know, one follows right after the the next... Uh-huh. As opposed to the Dragon Age games, which all sort of tell sort of linked stories, but with different main characters. I'm going to say that the first. I'm going to say that the first Dragon Age is better than the first Mass Effect. Uh. And it may be better than Mass Effect Two as well. Oh. I can I can I can sacrifice Mass Effect One. I think it's a pretty solid game, but Mass Effect Two is. Big oof. I said it might be. I'd have to play Mass Effect 2 again. You will play Mass Effect 2 again. <laughs> of course you will. You're going to make me. Of course you will. I, I mean, I probably won't make you. I, I'm too apathetic. But you might want to play it just because I know what you're like. 
Uh, yeah, so, so Dragon Age Origins, fantastic game, terrible gameplay, great story. Dragon Age 2 is like the opposite. It's got much better gameplay and a pretty crap story. Which for a Bioware game isn't the best it, because, you know, the story's really what you're playing for. Was it in continuity with the first game? Yes, it's it, it's like a side story that kind of goes off on its own would be the best way to describe it. Ah, right, okay then. So it seems like needing to play the first game wasn't as necessary. The, the first game sets up the world, which I think is important. The second game kind of assumes that you already know a bunch of things. Uh-huh. But yeah, second one, not as good. This isn't like a controversial opinion. I'd say most people agree that the second game is the weakest one. Is there and a then, third game? As I, yes, as I was playing through the second game, right. the third game and all its DLC went on sale for like $10. Oh. So I was like, God, yes, that's convenient. So you, so you had, naturally, you were honour bound to buy it. Of course, and the third game is very good. So, so it goes Dragon Age 1, Dragon Age 3, Dragon Age 2. Yes. How old, how old is Dragon Age bit. 3? Came out in 2014. Not, it was an sure Xbox. Then. It was an Xbox One launch title, I believe, or not a launch, Ooh. but it has. It was in yeah. that period where it got Should launched have. on 360 and one. Yeah. And you know what? Still looks like a modern game, and I only just played it now. So graphics, they really haven't come that far in four years, five years. I mean, yeah, like like we said, we've kind of got over that hump of you know every every update being a big deal, you know? It's more, every, every improvement's now incremental. Like, you could probably only buy a game for its graphics every five installments, and then maybe you'd notice a leap, but game on game it'd be relatively small. There's, like, a, there's occasional games where you, you, you notice something, and it's like, oh damn, this looks really good. Red Dead Redemption 2 was the last game that did that to me. It's like, oh damn, this looks like real life. I think the cutscenes which... in New Modern Warfare look really, really good. The the gameplay itself, I think, looks good, but not remarkable. But I think the, the, the cutscenes look absolutely brilliant for the new Call of Duty. But even, like, I wouldn't say that Red Dead 2 looks infinitely better than Dragon Age Inquisition. Like... It's not like going from Halo Three to Halo Five. I feel you know? like there's a not to I don't I I don't want to say this in a disrespectful tone to this form of game, but for open world games, I feel like because there's so much in the game, everything is a lot less detailed. At least I don't mean story wise. I mean you know graphic wise, you can have like you know a, a pot on a windowsill that you're never really going to pay much attention to. So you know. It can be left. Mm-hmm. It can be left to not look as good, but if you're playing a more kind of linear game where you're in corridors and stuff, everything's got to look more pristine because you're spending a lot of time in that small area. But a hut in Red Dead, over in the far reaches of the map, it doesn't really matter because you're third person and you're looking at other things. Well, two things. First of. The, the level of detail in every section of the map in Red Dead 2 is ridiculous. That's why it took like seven years to make. Ah. And second, you can go first person in Red Dead 2. So. Oh, can you? Can you? Is it like your GTA when they did the Xbox One port? Yes. Do you think GTA 6 is going to be uh, Xbox One or next gen launch? 
Oh, ne- definitely next-gen launch. Definitely. That's not even a question. Do you think next-gen launch is going to be late next year or is it going to be 2021? I'm going to go on late next year. I'm going to say like around this time next think year. March next year they'll have a reveal. Like a, a conference that isn't E3. But no, they're, they're probably going to reveal at E3. I thought they would have like a conference out of E3 and then for E3 they can push games. And then, you know, November. November 2020. Start the well, This decade. is the weird thing, right? I mean, are you excited for a new console? I'm excited for the games I, that come with that console. That's it, right? I'm not really excited for a new console. This old like, faithful Xbox One here has served me perfectly fine. Yeah, like I remember being excited for the Xbox One compared to the 360. But that's because I kind of started my mainstream gaming on the 360. Whereas beforehand I was in PlayStation 2 and such, where I was already in the dust. So I was excited for the Xbox One. But I still feel that the Xbox One does everything I need to do. I, it's weird to think that we're near the end of the generation, whereas by the time I got onto the 360, the generation was already halfway through, but it felt much longer. That's just like kids, you know, time goes slower. Yeah, that's but, true. That's very true, I suppose. It does, I mean, it does, I, I know we're going to sound like old men and all that, but it does seem like games aren't, there's definitely been a plateau on games getting more advanced yeah, like for, Fortnite could be on the Xbox 360. I think that's why we're seeing a shift towards more stylized games as opposed to mostly realistic because the graphics are like uh, most games look pretty realistic if, yeah, at this like, point. Get, We've seen a shift towards more stylized things. If you try things. to get any more live action, you'll enter the Uncanny Valley. So right, yeah, but you might want to move away from it. So you get games like Fortnite, which is very cartoony and stylized. Overwatch, or very cyberpunk. stylized. Even even Halo Infinite is going back to a very stylized look. Yeah, it's trying not to be real world and more kind of space opera. So I, I just to be clear, I think that's a good change. I, I love seeing more variety in how games look. Yeah, I think after after Titanfall, everything became kind of samey for a while. But we're going back. We're going back to the good old days of twenty, twenty whenever. Is 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 this decade reaches a close, or games are going to a new height? I guess maybe at some point we should like, best games of the decade type thing. Oh, best games of the decade. That's everything from two thousand ten to twenty twenty. Or does it end at twenty nineteen? Do we do nine years of games or ten years of games? I would say 2010 to 2019. That that would be more apt, yes. Got to wait for Civ 6. Civ 6 going to be number 2. It's already it, it's already out. Although I guess it did come out this decade, so. I want to know if the console That's that's for game. Because I'll totally judge it by its console. I mean, you have to remember like Halo Reach came out this decade. That's what I'm going to say. That's why I said Civ 6 <laughs> is going to be number 2 because Halo Reach is going to be number 1. We're so old now. <laughs> I, for one, am going to feel young forever. I had my twenty-first coronation birthday recently. It for it was a, a week. It was over a week ago now, and I on honestly, I it's I I don't feel old at all. I feel youthful. 
forever. I'm never going to feel old, I don't think. I've heard that it's about 30 when it hits oh, you. God. <laughs> I just went and got a tattoo as my midlife crisis. I'm not going to make it to 30. Well, if this is your midlife, then you're going to make it to 42, so... <sighs> don't... Don't do that, Kyle. Don't undercut me with maths. I'm going to be such a squeaky old man. It's going to be great. Oh, I can't wait to hear you when you're 40. Why? I'll sound the same as I do now. <laughs> right. I have, an, I have another topic that I really want to get onto because we're starting to lose steam here. We're, we're at an hour and a half mark currently, but I doubt it will be an hour and a half with the amount of shit we're going to have to cut or you're going to have to cut out. <laughs> Um, oh boy we have an update from we're very out of practice yeah we are out of practice we were going to be talking about D23 but that never kind of happened because we spoke about Disney Plus at D23 but they announced a bunch of new shows as She-Hulk and uh, Ms. Marvel and that but after D23 or no just before D23 it happened at the worst time Spider-Man out of the MCU all the headlines. Oh yeah, this this whole event happened between podcasts. All headlines, red alert, battle stations, and no one knew. memes, memes, lots of memes, all the good memes too. I approve of most of those memes actually. However, we were in a crunch time because ever since they made this deal for him to show up in the MCU, it has been very, very much in my head that this is a risk because if at any point Sony doesn't want to do it anymore or they leave for whatever the reason is, continuity-wise, it really hurts the MCU because Spider-Man needs some sort of exit. And then <laughs> my worst fear came true in relation to the MCU when that happened. I was like, my God, what are you going to do? And D23 was just around the corner and Tom Holland was there. So everyone's going to be asking, what the hell does this mean? But he was told not to speak about it, probably, and stuff. But he did briefly allude to it on stage. And he always says, I know the last few days have been very confusing. But I love you, 3000. And everyone cried. And everyone clapped. It was a very touching moment. Because people thought maybe this actually might be an unofficial bow-out to the character. After Spider-Man Far From Home. Which was a great ending and so many possibilities. But now, mm -hmm. that might have been risked not being able to follow up that story. We never knew it was going to happen. We were told negotiations were ongoing. Then Sony hit back because obviously, obviously a lot of these headlines were put out deliberately for the other company to start to get worried. Yes. And at course. one point, Sony said, "You know, negotiation. The door on negotiations have closed." And then they mentioned for now, and for now was probably a bit dangerous because they suddenly lose a lot of steam because Disney are like, "Aha! It's only for now. We can get back in there." And um, if you say for now definitively, you for you to go back to them looks like you're begging. So it was a good game of business. a good The good game of capitalism. <laughs> and I was enjoying it, being a student of the arts of business. And I was I really wondered how it was going to go. And obviously when it first happened, we'd spoken, we'd spoken with others and we all kind of assumed that no matter what, this will be resolved somehow. By the time we next see Spider-Man, he will still be in the MCU. Yes, despite all the memes about them casting a new Spider-Man. Yes, regardless of what we say right now, the next time we see him, he'll still be in the MCU because we just had so much faith it would be resolved. And that brings us to uh, two days ago, two days ago, where it was confirmed by Sony and Disney that Spider-Man will be remaining in the MCU. 
they've reached a new deal and now it will be a 25% Disney will get from the profits and they will finance 25% of the fil- uh, of the finance put towards the film. Uh, the Disney also gets Which, to- as far as we can tell, means that Sony caved. I don't think so. Because originally Disney wanted 50-50 and it's been capitulated at 25%. So I think that... I, I'm, I've been quite sympathetic to Sony through all this, actually. I think it was this case of Disney being too greedy, actually. Oh yes, Disney are absolutely the bad guys in this situation. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, so I actually happen to think that Sony have definitely been roughed up by this, but they still ultimately won. Um, it's very weird to think of Sony as the underdog when they're also a huge media conglomerate, but you know. Yeah, well, never, never bet against the mouse. It was it was crazy to see people like, oh, Sony. Disney should just buy Sony, and I was like, "Oh God, please don't oh, please do that!" Don't do that. Jeez. There's a lot of people that speak about it that just don't really know how business works, to be frank. Um, and I say that like I'm the business expert that does a column in the Economist. I'm not that person, but I'm definitely a big enthusiast of watching how businesses conduct themselves. And I watched Disney Fox deal with great enthusiasm, and I, the Sony Marvel deal, the Sony Disney deal for Spider Man. It's definitely been a big thing in my brain, anyway ever since 2016, when they brought him in for Civil War. So this was all definitely full cylinders to me. I was really watching this closely. And when it was resolved, I was so relieved. But the details of the resolution are quite interesting. I kind of think Kevin Feige, the lord and saviour of the MCU, the head president of Marvel Studios, uh, I kind of think he might have slightly made this deal happen more than Bob Iger, head of Disney. Or Alan Horn, sorry, because he's the head of Disney Films. So Bob Iger probably wouldn't have been there for the negotiations. But he said it about, um, because he really wants to keep the integrity of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the deal has been said that currently Spider-Man has two more appearances, at least in the MCU. The de- maybe, maybe this new deal is to give them more room to negotiate a better long-term deal, or... This deal was reached just so Kevin Feige wouldn't have a brain aneurysm and he could properly write Spider-Man out. Well, they're definitely in a weaker position because they've clearly set up Spider-Man as the new centrepiece of the MCU. He's such a big character, even outside the MCU, that intellectual property that is Spider-Man is just massive, you know? And he's a big part of the theme park, the new theme parks, the Avengers facility that's going to be opening up. But he's now scheduled for Spider-Man 3, which is July 16th, 20, July or June 16th, 2021. So, they, so this is the, clearly the plan they are doing right now is the plan that they had before this thing blew up in the first place. They just they put it on yeah. hold to negotiate and now it's back on track. But that'll be Spider-Man 3. And then also the, he has another contracted appearance to appear in one other MCU movie that isn't Spider-Man 3. Some sort of team up, presumably. Presumably, there's been theories that it might be Young Avengers, and he can lead that for one movie. Then at the end, he can like bow out and do like a call me if you need me, and then he winks and swings away, and he leaves the MCU. He falls through a Spider Verse. <laughs> he, he, he falls through a Spider Verse portal and ends up in the Tom Hardy Venom Verse. Um. Oh boy. Oh boy. So I don't really know what they're gonna do, but either that, either this deal has been reached so they can write him out successfully. Or it's been reached so they have like the next two years to work on a future-proof deal for subsequent films. I'm not sure, but I know that at the very least we are fine. 
And I've got a feeling that if it's at the end of these two appearances, because Spider-Man 3 is his next appearance, I think, and then it'll be something after that. And after that, if it isn't re-signed and he's out the MCU again, everything that's been happening over the past months, it'll all happen again. It'll be breaking news. Spider-Man's out of the MCU. <laughs> it'll be like, did no... Did, see, What's wrong, Mars? Oh, but I'm going to... I think I'm just going to explode. I'm going to have a migraine because the people that are screaming with joy that he's back in the MCU right now, they don't really care how he's back in the MCU. They just think that's him for good. Today, we know there are reasons of how he might exit after the these appearances the people don't care about the reasons that he might leave they're just waiting two years time so they can freak out again because they don't care prepare yourself get those clicks Nathan I want everyone if you're listening to this prepare yourself with the expectation that after these next two appearances he's gone because if you prepare yourself for it it means you won't be shocked and sad by it or you might be sad but you won't be shocked and then if there is a subversion of expectations and they reach a new deal that means he can remain beyond those two appearances, it'll be a great surprise. You can be happy about it. But don't expect him to remain because then you'll just be really disappointed if he doesn't. So just prepare yourself for the probability that he'll leave. If he doesn't, great. You'll be happy. But if he leaves, at least you'll have been mentally prepped for it. I guess we could talk about what DC's been up to recently. What has DC been up to recently? The Joker... The Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the Suicide Can franchise. I just say, what a silly name. Suicide Squad? Honestly. No, The Suicide Squad. Oh, I know. I, you know, I quite like the... I, I like the inclusion of the... I it's Everyone's just going to call it Suicide Squad. I know, but I, 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 I quite think it's more... Re- I think it's weirdly 70s retro The Suicide Squad. It's like when, it's That's like, not what it is, though, right? It, it, it's, it's like when what some, is it? It's like when someone what is this movie? The Doctor, Doctor Who. I, 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 I just like it's kind of it's hamming it up a little bit. The Suicide Squad. You know, um, someone doesn't quite know the terminology. Um, it's James Gunn, so it's probably gonna. Cause like we always knew the Suicide Squad was supposed to be, or the first Suicide Squad was supposed to be kind of DC's answer at Guardians of the Galaxy. So them getting James Gunn is basically they're their wet dream they, they must be loving it and they've got a great cast initially Drusselba they said that he was going to be the recast of Old Smith and the next day they retracted that was like no he's not a recast of Old Smith because they realised that was that was a big no-no because what happens if one day Wolf wants to come back and he's such a big star why would you do that see Drusselba's playing a new character um, they've got a good cast in my opinion they've got some returning people though I don't get why some of them are returning Captain Boomerang hmm. Um, Peter Capaldi and Idris Elba, like I've already mentioned him, and James Gunn's involved. And I think it's going to be so much fun, to be honest with you. I already think the first Suicide Squad is a hot mess. Like I said, it's an exciting roller coaster, but, you know, paying attention to the film will just cause you heartache. It'll cause your brain to explode. your brain to explode, yeah. And I think this is going to be the same as the first Suicide Squad, except it will probably be more coherent. And I kind of think they might soft retcon a lot of stuff from the first Suicide Squad. Is it a sequel? I don't if I don't understand this or not. So it is a sequel, but I think it's going to be more of a sequel to the new Birds of Prey film featuring Harley Quinn that's coming out, and the new Birds of Prey movie that's coming out. I'm under the impression that it is going to be acknowledging the events of the first Suicide Squad because I think Jared Little's Joker's in it. 
though you don't see his face, but it is that character. But like Shazam, we never saw Superman's face, but it is Henry Cavill's Superman. They're really going all in on Harley Quinn, aren't they? Yes, they really are. Cause she's... We've got one character who people like. Yeah. Just keep shoving her in there. Yeah, keep shoving her in there. And um, I think... So it's going to be weird. It might. It's, it's going to be in the same continuity as the first Suicide Squad. Be virtue of the fact that it's in the continuity of Birds of Prey. And the Birds DC of Universe laughs at your concept of continuity, Nathan. It doesn't give a crap. It gives more of a crap than X-Men does. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you that they haven't done time travel yet. We're going to attempt time travel. Um, but Superman hasn't yet flown backwards around the world to reverse given time. time. Uh, so um, I I don't really know how they're going to approach it. Some people are thinking it's going to be a soft reboot. If it is, I'm not going to mind too much. I'm not that invested in Suicide Squad. And they've already recast Jim Gordon for the new Batman film, so I don't even know if Batman's going to be part of the DC universe. I know they recast <laughs> Batfleck from uh, to be Pattinson away, from, but I thought mm-hmm. maybe they're going to do a prequel where it's still a DC universe, but it's you know, in the eighties or something, and it's or the nineties, and it's you know it's a young Batfleck, and it just happens to be a younger actor, and then, you know he will have to they have to age in like what they did with X Men, where they went back and done the younger ones, and they have to age into the old actors. Patman, if you will. Yeah, the Patman. Or Battinson. So, I, I... But now, they've cast... Have you seen who they've cast as the new Commissioner Gordon? No, I haven't. Right, well, uh, from Justice League, Commissioner Gordon was J.K. Simmons. And I thought that was... Yes. I thought that was really good casting. I actually think they have... They've never cast a bad Jim Gordon. I mean, in the Keaton films, who Jim Gordon was never really mattered. They did some actor, I don't know who he was. But, you know, Gary Oldman was a great Jim Gordon. J.K. Simmons is a great Jim Gordon. Uh, I quite like Ben McKenzie in Gotham. I think he's quite fun. And then the new one they've got is... Um, oh, shit, his name just escaped me. It was right in, it was in my head. I was really hoping you were going to say it's the guy from Gotham just to add an extra level of what the fuck is happening. What the fuck is happening? Hold on. It's, oh, it's Jeffrey Wright, I think. That's the name that's coming to me. Hold on. Hold on. Bear with me, listeners. And Kyle, you can edit this down if you like. Where is he? Yes, oh, no, Jeffrey Wright. All staying in. Jeffrey Wright is his name. He's also the guy that's voicing the Watcher in the new Marvel What If series. Um, oh boy, the one everyone's excited for. Yeah, the one everyone's excited for. So anyway, Jeffrey Wright is playing the new Jim Gordon. And Jeffrey Wright is a black actor. So we've got a black Jim Gordon. Yeah, which is perfectly fine. Especially because Jeffrey Wright he he looks and sounds like a Jim Gordon. If you've seen the, he, he was in the the Daniel Craig Bond movies. As, uh, he played uh, Felix. He was the CIA operative. You're assuming a lot that I've watched the Daniel Craig Bond movies. Right. Okay. Well, let's pretend you have. Well, let's, no, no. Let's not pretend. Let's live in that reality where you haven't. Um. But Jeff Jeff Wright. He, he's. He, I can picture it. It's great casting. It's amazing casting. Actually, he's, Jeff Wright is a great actor, and I think he'll make a really good Jim Gordon. But, however, it throws a massive spanner in the works for the canon. For the canon! Because we know that Jeffrey Wright in no universe is going to age into being J.K. Simmons. <laughs> Unless he has a Joker level accident and because he's a black actor. and He, he goes, has Michael Jackson syndrome. <laughs> yeah, he gets thrown into the same toxic acid the Joker got put into. Um, so, I I don't know. Honestly, it's that's it's like what they did 
but an opposite to Billy D. Williams in the Keaton films, where he was Harvey Dent, and the recast him into being Tommy Lee Jones. Remember that? I do remember that. So it's, it's, it's like an opposite of that, and those four films are supposed to be pseudo-continuity. See, I hadn't actually heard of it this recast, Jim Gordon, but I have to assume when this becomes more like public, we're going to get the same pointless shite about a black man taking a white man's job, and that look, I'm going to look forward to that. I, you know, I, I think it is pretty... It was reported in all the major trades, and it's not rumoured, it is confirmed. Um, or, I think, no, was it reported and he was like, you know, he was within days of signing or whatever, so maybe, you know, I say that and the spanner gets thrown in the works and he's not doing it anymore. Um, but I'm sure he is the new... It's gym- not drama until the trailer comes out. Yes, yeah, uh, until the trailer comes out, everything is up for up for grabs. But I think Jeffrey Wright is an amazing actor. I think he would be a really good Jim Gordon. But what the hell's canon? If, if, I, if my top priority was to protect... That's what I'm saying. The DC Universe, they don't care. If my top priority was to protect the canon, I would have him not take the role and get J.K. Simmons. But under the understanding that canon doesn't matter, sure, why not have Jeffrey Wright? Jeffrey Wright is a great actor and he sounds and looks like a good Jim Gordon just to look at the guy's face. You're Jim Gordon. You look, you look... Do we even get into the canon situation around Joker? That's that's like a that's like a one shot essentially, like a Marvel one shot. I'm so excited for that. I'm so excited for Joker. You you haven't been listening to the drama. Yeah, I've been listening to the drama. I think it's a load of it's a load of shite. <laughs> video games cause vi- video games don't cause violence, but films do. Okay. Okay. Whatever. Whatever you say. I I also think it's a bit overblown, but you know. I I I I. I I think it's. I'm also not excited for the film, so. I know you're not excited for the film. I'm excited for the film for numerous reasons. I've been excited for this film since it was going to be a Scorsese directed DiCaprio starring film. Because this is that film. I know it's changed a lot. And it's like supposed to be like a riff of King of Comedy, which was a Scorsese movie starring De Niro. And now this is like executive produced by Scorsese and De Niro is in it. And I think it's going to borrow it from The Killing Joke, just close from the trailers. And it, I think it looks at Taxi Driver as well. And Taxi Driver is a great film that De Niro stars in. Um, well, we know it, that you're a Martin Scorsese fanboy. I am a fanboy of Martin Scorsese. Which I'm so excited for The Irishman starring Joe Pesci, De Niro and Al Pacino. Which is so good. Three and a half hour Netflix movie. It's 100% in Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, so excited. Anyway, sidetracked. De Niro, Scorsese, The Joker. I think this film totally and wholly... It's not your typical superhero movie. I think it's going to be more genre. It's not going to be as... Well, the typical opinion seems to be that they're just using the name Joker to sell it. Completely. That, that's what I... That, I, I, I I'm, I'm saying it quite forcefully. I believe they're just using the intellectual property of the Joker to get people to see this film and the director doesn't really care that it's a superhero film. But I'm saying it forcefully and I don't really want to because I'm confident about it, but then, you know, some clearly they would deny that to be the case, you know. The Joker is going to be so good and I cannot wait to watch it. I could see it and it could be complete dog shit, but I doubt that to be the case. Well, I hope you enjoy it. Are you not going to see it? I will not. No, of course not. I just thought you would have seen it out of pop culture pressures. There is no pop culture pressure to watch Joker. Ah, yeah, Kyle. Everyone, people, you know, they kind of, 
you know the people that aren't big superhero geeks, but they say that they are, and like the only Joker they've ever liked in their entire life is the Heath Ledger Joker. Mm-hmm. They're those people are attributing this Joker as being like the second coming of Heath Ledger's Joker. They think Jared Leto was a hot kind of he's the sexy Joker, the the kind of edgy Joker. And then they're saying this is like that this this Joker could theoretically be the brother to the Heath Ledger Joker. This he is the second coming, you know. And I think that's a very the second coming of Heath. The second coming of Heath. It's a very it's a very edgy kind of melodrama way to compare the two. But I think this this film and this portrayal especially is going to be very striking, very powerful. It's probably going to be quite uncomfortable at some points as well because I'm not expecting this film to be an easy ride. I don't know if you know this movie, Nathan, but I'm not a big fan of depressing films. Oh, that's true, I suppose. Sorry, Kelly, you don't like you don't like sad movies. Maybe this isn't made for you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>